Welcome. This is Raul Lowry Contreras. This is the Contreras Report and Hispanic View of the USA. I'm going to talk today about a giant ripoff that has been attempted in Washington, D.C. by a very anti-American group, a lobby group, that should be registered as a foreign agent for the Republic of Armenia and for Russia because they represent the Armenian-Russian view of getting American taxpayers to pay their bills. I object. So let me get started here. The booming cacophony of Russian-tooled artillery every few minutes in the hills I looked at through binoculars gave away the Armenian gun emplacements. Their 90 and 110 millimeter Russian-made shells were aimed at civilians living behind where I stood, 500 yards from an Armenian-occupied village in Azerbaijan. These were the first shots in anger I ever experienced despite my serving in the United States Marine Corps for eight years during the Cold War with the Soviet communist world. On another day, I visited a newly built village for Azerbaijanis who had been driven out of their ancient village by Armenian soldiers backed by Russian troops in 1992. The problem, it was 2018 and the village had been occupied by Armenians for 24 years until the Azerbaijani army wrested the village back in April 2016, 24 years after it was occupied by Armenian invaders a few kilometers from the border with Iran. In fact, I could see Iran from where I was standing. Other than the twice or three times a week artillery barrages by Armenian soldiers from the occupied Azerbaijani national territory, many miles from Armenia proper, until a month ago in July, there hasn't been the 2016-like action we saw then when Azerbaijan recovered some of its occupied territory. This July 12, Armenia launched an unprovoked military attack against Azerbaijan in the northwestern part of the country, hundreds of kilometers from the line of conflict that has been in a ceasefire situation since 1994. It was the worst violation of the ceasefire since 2016. As a result, 15 Azerbaijan soldiers and a 76-year-old disabled civilian were killed. Many Azerbaijani residential areas, villages, were destroyed. Armenians claim Azerbaijan was the aggressor. They do not attempt to provide the world with proof. They simply make the charge Backing them up is a cabal of U.S. Con Congress people, mostly Democrats, who jump when ordered to by the Armenian lobby. The shooting was 7,200 miles from Los Angeles. Despite that distance, the war in the Caucasus was brought to Los Angeles politically by thousands of Armenians, specifically in the form of renewed Armenian violence that once plagued Los Angeles in the 1970s and 80s when Armenian terrorists killed two Turkish consuls general in Los Angeles. Those terrorists, especially the one who killed the Turkish consul general in 1982, was a member of a terrorist organization called the JCAG. This organization was part of the American Revolutionary Federation, otherwise called Dashnak Party. Dashnak is spelled D-A-S-H-N-A-K. 
JCAG was responsible in the 1980s and 90s for the assassination of dozens, dozens of Turkish diplomats and other civilians around the world. The same radical Armenian Dashnak party sympathized in the 1930s with Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany and supported the Holocaust. The same Armenian party continues its existence in the U.S. despite its pro-Nazi roots, past, and support for domestic and international terrorism. The lobbyist arm of the Dashnaks is the American National Committee of America, ANCA, A-N-C-A. ANCA is well-funded by Armenian populations in California, Michigan, and Massachusetts. They make significant campaign contributions to Congress people from these three states and beyond. In the early 1990s, ANCA managed to manipulate the U.S. Congress into taking an action that to this day remains one of the most absurd and irresponsible and un-American legislative decisions in congressional history, in U.S. congressional history. At ANCA's behest, the Massachusetts Democrat U.S. Senator John Kerry took an action targeting a country he probably never, ever heard of. While it was doubtful that Senator Kerry even knew that Azerbaijan was Armenia's next-door neighbor until Anka told him, he sponsored an amendment to an aid program President George H.W. Bush wanted Congress to pass in order to help former Soviet republics find their way in a free post-Soviet world. That amendment, Section 907, denied aid to Azerbaijan for the specious reason that Azerbaijan locked in a life-or-death combat struggle and combat with invading Armenian troops stopped running commercial railroad trains into Armenia from Azerbaijan. Landlocked Armenia depended on rail cars from Azerbaijan for its very supply existence or existence of a supply chain. Senator Kerry demanded fellow Democrat congresspeople deny any aid to Azerbaijan because it had stopped running trains into a country it was at war with. Does that sound stupid or what? Thus, the aggressor Armenia was rewarded and the victim of aggression and occupation Azerbaijan was punished. We're talking millions of dollars. Really? That was Kerry's reasoning. His fellow Democrat senators followed Kerry's specious lead. Only in, 19, in 2001 did U.S. Congress make a slight change. They adopted a new uh, legislation giving the ability to the administration, to whatever the administration was in power, to waive that ludicrous amendment. Reason? Within hours of the attack of September 11, 2001, Azerbaijan's president had a letter delivered to President Bush volunteering Azerbaijan's support in any action the United States took in response to the attack. Remember, the attackers were Muslims. The attackers were supported by many Muslims around the world. And Azerbaijan is 95% Muslim. That was a giant leap for Azerbaijan, a Muslim republic, secular republic, yes, but still 95% of the people are Muslims. For that president, Aliyev, to volunteer to help the United States was a monumental thing, episode, event. 
Azerbaijan gave the United States permission to use Azerbaijan airspace and land facilities and sent soldiers to Afghanistan to serve side by side with Americans. American supplies and soldiers in planes crossed Azerbaijan and landed there for refueling or maintenance. Bush's, that President Bush's use of the waiver allowed dollars intended by Bush 41, George H.W. Bush, to go to ally Azerbaijan to help its entry into the free world. It continues to this day despite Anka's objections. Anka and Armenia even objected to private American financial participation in multi-million dollar oil and natural gas pipelines being built to move Azerbaijani oil and gas to Europe, helping Europe to cut dependence on Russian oil and gas. Anka has financed congressional and California legislative junkets to Armenia, and in the process violated international protocols by taking American elected officials illegally into Armenian-occupied territory of Azerbaijan. Anka devotes itself to promoting efforts to promote American financial, political, and military aid to Armenia first and foremost. Though Anka has the word America in its name, it is not for America, it is only for Armenia, Armenians, and everything Armenia supports, including Russia, its protector and chief financial and political supporter. Russia has a large army base in Armenia with 5,000 soldiers in Armenia. It has an air force base in Armenia. Russia pays an enormous amount of rent for the basis, so Armenia has some rubles to spend. Rubles, you will recall, is the currency of Russia and was of the Soviet Union before it. They spend this enormous amount in Armenia, so Armenia has some rubles to spend. Needless to say, rubles aren't spendable anywhere but in Russia. Russia grants Armenia, quote, credits, unquote, to buy military arms from Russia. Russian border guards guard Armenians' borders with the Republic of Georgia, Turkey, Azerbaijan, and Iran. Russia provides Armenia's air defenses. Russian soldiers supported Armenian terrorists when they murdered hundreds of unarmed Azerbaijani men, women, and children in the massacre at Kojali in February 1992, and somehow managed to disappear hundreds more Azerbaijanis never heard from since that night of February 26, 1992. Since the July 12th Armenian armed incursion into Azerbaijan's strategic oil and gas pipelines corridor, Russia has shipped over 500 tons of war material, weapons, and ammunition to Armenia. Transit for this war-making equipment has been denied by the Republic of Georgia, which itself has had part of its territory invaded and occupied by Russian forces. As Armenia is landlocked and has no border with its patron Russia, Russia has shipped the 500 tons of weaponry by air through Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, and Iran to Armenia. Adding to this obvious help to Armenia are the lies told to cover the treacherous supply of armaments to Armenia by Russia. 
Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu told Baku officials the war material shipped through the roundabout routes on IL-76 military cargo planes is construction materials needed by the Russian army to do construction work at its army base in Armenia, Gyumri, G-Y-U-M-R-I, in Armenia. One has to wonder why, quote, construction materials, unquote, need to be shipped by a roundabout way by airplane. If they were bona fide construction materials, couldn't they be shipped by rail directly from Russia through Georgia to Armenia? And if the shipments really are of construction materials, why would Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, have to bring them up in a phone conversation with Russian ruler Vladimir Putin? Simultaneously, Armenia is sending more troops to Syria to join several companies of Armenians already there working for brutal dictator Bashar al-Assad alongside Russian troops. One has to wonder who is paying for these troops. Armenia is broke. They have no money. Russia? Is Russia paying for them? Syria? Is Syria paying for them? Is the American, Armenian diaspora, Armenians all over the world, paying for those troops in Syria? Or is it American taxpayers that send money to help Armenia survive and feed Armenian children? Anka supports all this and does so even though little of this inventory of Russia's meddling in and in and for Armenia benefits the United States. Nothing that Russia wants benefits the United States. And Armenia wants what Russia wants. Nonetheless, Anka, ANCA, asks American taxpayers to pay for Armenia's failure as a nation with financial aid to it and to its puppet regime that Armenia installed in the occupied Nagorno-Karabakh region of Azerbaijan. Anka opposes the strong partnerships Azerbaijan enjoys with both the United States and Israel. Remember, Azerbaijan is a 95% Muslim country. It has excellent relations with Israel. Israel buys 40% of its total oil supply from Azerbaijan and in return sells Azerbaijan defense armaments and technology. The listener should note that the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, conducts worldwide surveys to measure anti-Semitism in countries all over the world. Armenia, the country Anka represents in the U.S., is the second highest anti-Semitic country in Europe. Repeat, Armenia ranks second in anti-Semitism in all of Europe. We must wonder at the amount of anti-Semitism in Anka itself. Anka demands the United States not help Azerbaijan in its defense, despite 20% of Azerbaijan territory being occupied by neighboring Armenia. On top of all this, Anka sponsored the return of Armenian terrorism to Los Angeles in recent weeks. It was Anka that sponsored the July 21st massive crowd protest outside the Azerbaijan Consulate General on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles, miles from the Armenian communities in the San Fernando Valley. An estimated 3,000 Armenians and their supporters flooded the 11,000 block of Wilshire Boulevard. 
There, they faced off with three or four dozen peaceful Azerbaijani Americans and Americans waving Azerbaijani and American flags. Ideally, those thousands of Armenians would stay on their side of Wilshire Boulevard on the north side, separated from the small group of Azerbaijani Americans by four traffic lanes and dozens of Los Angeles police officers. They could chant, sing, and wave Armenian and Russian flags, which they did do. That would have been what a peaceful Armenian protest should be. But it wasn't. As many videos show, and as an LAPD police lieutenant said on videotape of a Los Angeles television station, the Armenian crowd didn't stay in place behind police lines and on the north side of Wilshire Boulevard. It flowed across the traffic lanes, following a number of men throwing punches, kicking, and chasing the peaceful Azerbaijanis down a side street. One tape made by On Scene TV followed the about 30 minutes long, followed the thousands of Armenians who chased the Azerbaijani demonstrators for blocks on the side street. Los Angeles police officers armed with billy clubs and shotguns protected the small group from the thousands of violent Armenians. Armenian protesters were arrested and led away, all on videotape taken by LA TV stations. You can YouTube them, Google them, and YouTube them, and you can see for yourself. Lots of videotape. Nine Azerbaijani demonstrators were injured by Armenian attackers, and five were hospitalized. One police officer needed emergency medical care and stitches. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, normally a political supporter of Armenians, wrote a letter to the Azerbaijan Consul General saying, quote, I was saddened to hear the events that took place outside the consulate of Azerbaijan on Tuesday, July 21. While I am unable to comment on an active LAPD investigation, I strongly condemn the actions of those who resorted to violence. The Los Angeles Police Department is investigating the attacks on peaceful demonstrators as hate crimes. It has asked the public for help in identifying two Armenian assailants that are seen on the videotapes that actually started the problem. Joining the mayor of Los Angeles, four major American Jewish organizations have condemned the violence against the Azerbaijani Americans. Namely, the Simon Wiesenthal Center, SWC, the American Jewish Committee, AJC, the Anti-Defamation League, and the Israeli-American Council. The videos are clear. ANCA-sponsored Armenian terrorism has returned to Los Angeles, complete with violence. In 1973 and 1982, Armenian terrorists murdered three Turkish diplomats in Los Angeles, and a band of Armenians and Ar Armenian-Americans called the LA-5 conducted a reign of terror in Los Angeles with many bombings all over Los Angeles and Orange counties. Separately, young Armenian men and their girlfriends organized and terrorized the San Fernando Valley with gang activities, kidnappings, a protection racket that preyed on business by extorting extortion of millions of dollars, and organized criminal activity that brought a thousand local, state, and federal officers in a giant task force that prosecuted dozens of Armenian gangsters under federal law and sent over five dozen of them to prison 
in a series of trials that decimated the Armenian power criminal gang. Now, these same Armenian immigrants and their American-born citizen children have brought violence and terrorism back to Los Angeles. It's all on videotape. They should not be allowed to get away with with it. All the assailants must be found and brought to justice. There is no place for such ethnic hate-fueled violence in Los Angeles, California, or anywhere else. Thank you for listening to this, and I would suggest that you contact your congressman and object to any influence ANCA or the Armenian lobby has on your congressman, if he has any. If it has any influence on your congressman, your congressman should be aware of what went on in Los Angeles because it didn't make the national news. It should have, but it didn't. So call your congressman and ask him if he gets, he or she gets any funding from ANCA for their campaigns. You should know that. I've written a book about it called The Armenian Lobby. You can look it up. It's on uh, Amazon. Look under Raul Lowry Contreras. And it's there. If you want to know the details and how much money has been given by ANCA and the Armenian lobby to American congressmen uh, for campaigning, uh, you can you can look it up in the book. Okay, I ask that you pay attention to what's going on around you. I ask that you listen to me and tell your friends so they can listen to me. And we would appreciate very, very much if you encourage your friends to listen to it, because the larger the audience, uh, the more information is spread around. Okay, let me um, uh, move on now to read you a column that I have written that is currently circulating around the country that might interest you. Okay, here's a column that's circulating around the country right now being published by various uh, newspapers. You may have seen it already, but in case you haven't, let me tell you about it. It's entitled Talk About Hypocrisy by Raul Lowry Contreras. Almost without exception, many Republicans have joined President Donald Trump's call for, quote, law and order, unquote, and vigorously support the president's rationale for sending federal officers into Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and Kenosha, Wisconsin, to protect federal property from anarchists and arsonists. Undoubtedly, these same Trump supporters will support his sending federal officers into offices and facilities of vote-counting state and local officials the night of November 3rd, where ballots will be counted for federal elective officers, including those cast for president. Of note, federal law specifically mandates the government protect federal property and voting, but not vote-counting. Really? Hypocrisy, ugly hypocrisy, comes from executive orders by President Trump declaring the legal duty to protect statues and monuments on federal property, especially those of men guilty of treason against and waging war on the United States. Also, to protect a federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon. Hypocrisy and mendacity by President Trump and his supporters aren't a witch's brew. They are tangible policies and positions taken by the President of the United States and his appointees in federal agencies. When charged with federal crimes, we can expect them to defend themselves with, they were following orders, quote, unquote. 
hypocrisy because the very people who are shredding crocod- shedding crocodile tears for Portland's Mark Hatfield Federal Courthouse, the target of weeks of demonstrations, are generally in support of the 1861 attempts to secede from the United States by 11 slaveholding states. That attempt started with an attack on a United States fort in Charleston, South Carolina. That attack on U.S. property is accepted by these Trump supporters and unknowingly by President Trump himself, even as they sob about demonstrators throwing rocks, Molotov cocktails, and firecrackers at Portland's courthouse protected by Customs and Border Protection agents. They normally sit in booths at our Canadian and Mexican borders asking border crossers if they have anything to declare. Many of these people support the 1861 attacks on the U.S. and statues and monuments and of, and of dedicated to those that made war on the United States and call it their heritage and pride. That includes the President of the United States who has no family, who had no family in the United States before 1900 or so. Hypocrisy? He calls destruction of U.S. property and the killing of hundreds of thousands of Americans to defend slavery our history and heritage. It's our history, yes. Our heritage, no. He regales America by tweet, talking about law and order, and vows to flood cities with federal officers to restore law and order, despite the fact there is no mention in the Constitution allowing federal officers to police state and local streets without declarations of the federal insur- insurrection or martial law. Has Oregon's governor or Portland's mayor asked for federal help? Has Chicago's mayor or the governor of Illinois asked for help in combating black gang criminals? Ditto Detroit? No. President Trump on his own is sending federal officers into those cities, but not to protect them from evading armies or to guarantee each state a Republican form of government as mandated by the Constitution. Why then? Because he's running for re-election. That's the rationale for declaring now that the election is, quote, rigged against him, unquote. That is why he is asking if we can postpone the election. That is why he would declare November 3rd election results fraudulent, null and void, and that he won't recognize the results. That's what I think he will do. Does the president have any idea how many good American men and women in all 50 states, Republicans, Democrats, and independents that work on and after election day, counting and reporting the millions of votes cast? Does he have any idea? Does he realize he insults every one of these patriotic Americans when he charges the election is, quote, rigged against him, unquote, against him, Donald J. Trump? When he declares that litigation to determine who wins the presidency might take years because of a rigged mail-in ballot, does he not realize that the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, would be sworn in at noon, the 20th of January, if a presidential victor hasn't been elected by the Electoral College in December? It doesn't matter. At 12.01 p.m., the afternoon, On January 20th, 2021, the Constitution, Amendment 20, Section 1, clearly states that, quote, the terms of the president and vice president shall end at noon on the 20th day of January, unquote, period. The six United States Marines who will carry him out of the White House will no longer have to obey him or call him sir, and definitely not call him 
Mr. President. Okay, well, that's that. As you know, I am the host of this Contreras Report and Hispanic View of the USA and the Contreras Report Business Mexico. And both podcasts are available where you're listening to this on uh, Apple or Spotify or your favorite podcast venue. I very much appreciate you being there. I hope you've enjoyed this session and we will continue in the next few days with a business Mexico report, and then we'll return with the USA report in about a week. I appreciate, again, your being there. I really enjoy doing this, and I hope you enjoy it too. Thank you, and God bless you, and God bless America. <music>